Hello, welcome to Parenting Counterintuitively, where we say it's not about having good kids, it's about equipping them to become successful adults. We're going to unpack today how feeding your kids' hunger for attention can be used for good and not evil before they end up starving or devouring everyone in their path along the way. Before we get started with that, though, that was Tammy. I'm Josh, and we are not perfect parents. Uh, If you come into this thinking that we've got all the answers, um, we've got some of the answers because we've learned a lot of things the hard way, but um, this is not the foundations of parenting. If you're looking for that, we've got some resources listed in the About page on on our Facebook. You can check those out there, but what we are planning to do here is to challenge your thinking, to encourage intentionality, and to take those things that you might see as intuitive and go, hmm, maybe I need to flip that on its head sometimes, or maybe I need to look at this from a different perspective. And if you disagree with us, that's great. Do your parenting the way you do your parenting. Uh, But if we've caused you to think at all or to take a a different look, then this will be worthwhile. So uh, Tammy and I have three adult children two of which are married, and we have four wonderful grandchildren. Um, Maybe one of these days we'll ask one of the grandkids to be a guest on the show. But uh, in the meantime, we want to pass along to you this counterintuitive topic on feeding the attention, and uh, Tammy will introduce that topic in a little more detail. So today's topic, feeding your kids' hunger for attention. So today we're going to talk through signs and symptoms of what your kids are doing when seeking the attention and kind of what happens if mom and dad are too busy to give them positive attention that they need and how it ends up making everyone in the house unhappy. So as we were preparing for today's podcast with you, we kind of thought about sharing with you a little different of a style. So we're going to ask you to think for a moment through a series of questions before we unpack the topic. So as we do, I'm going to ask you if you have um, heard any of these questions that I'm about to ask you come out of the mouths of your children. Now, as I ask these questions, you're going to hear some um, in the, the way they're addressed can certainly be interchanged. So listen for a moment and ask yourself if you've heard these come out of the mouths of your kids. Dad, will you play catch with me? Mom, will you make cookies with me? Dad, can we go to the park? Mom, can we watch a movie together? Dad, can we go for a walk? Mom, can we throw the frisbee together? Dad, can I help you fix the car? Mom, Can I help you with the, do any of these sound familiar? Have you heard these before? I'd be willing to bet that you've heard at least one. But how did you respond? Did you have time? Did you make time? Feeding into your kids' attention actually begins with giving them positive attention with quality time. If you've missed those opportunities, then we have to make time to fix it after it turns into negative behavior. Now, obviously, quality time is is not a counterintuitive concept. It, it is one of those 
basics of parenting. And, you know, if you're familiar with the five love languages, uh, Dr. Chapman's work, you, you know that uh, time is one of those love languages. So that part is not counterintuitive. The connection we're trying to make today is related to the negative behavior or the negative attention that sometimes we need to give our kids and how pouring into them in a positive way ahead of time proactively can head off and prevent a lot of that negative attention that they're going to need. Now, a lot of people think that parenting has everything to do with discipline, and there's some truth to that. We definitely need some discipline tools in our parenting toolbox. Um, but if we can, you know, a, a ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And if we can prevent that negative behavior from the get-go, then we can head off a lot of that and have a much happier home. So one of the examples I was thinking of was when my son was a young boy and he was uh, violating one of the house rules. We have uh, several rules in our house. Uh, some of them are sort of counterintuitive ones that we might have an episode on later, like uh, don't bleed on the carpet and no choking at the table. But one of the rules we have is don't throw a ball in the house. So we have breakable things in the house and we don't want the things to get broken. Then mama would be happy and everybody knows when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So we have this rule, don't throw the ball in the house. So my son knows this and he's throwing the ball in the house. And great. Now I see this, I've got to go pour some attention into my son in a very negative way and apply some discipline. But how many times did I do that before it occurred to me, wait a minute, how many times did he ask me, hey, can we go outside and play with the ball? And if I had done that, would he have needed to act out? Would he have needed to feed his hunger for attention by acting out and throwing the ball in the house and violating the rule that he knew? So if I had listened or been attentive or proactive earlier and played with him outside for a few minutes, that would have saved me many minutes of discipline and negative attention that I had to pour out into him. So being proactive and pouring attention doesn't actually start later in life. It actually begins from day one. And a perfect example of that is if you think about a newborn. Um, one of my other jobs is I'm a doula, which is a labor and delivery um, support person. And I work with lactation and newborns. And if you think to if you've had a baby, if you've birthed your own child, uh, you know, those tiny little newborns do uh, just a couple things. They uh, cry, they poop, and they wiggle a lot, right? So um, one of the things that they um, communicate is that they're hungry. And there's lots of books and videos and all these things out there that talk about communication on needing to eat. And so there's signs from the day one on how they, how babies communicate to be fed, to, to, to need to eat. And if we miss those signs from smacking their mouth to sounds that they make to the way they move their hands, if we miss all of those, the last sign is 
a child will scream. Well, by the time they get to that point, now is the baby not only the one unhappy, but now mom is really, really unhappy. So now we have two very stressed out people in a really unhappy situation going on. And now anybody else in the room is probably unhappy also. That is not unlike a toddler situation or a situation of a teenager, right? So if we think about how that's not really any different at any stage of the game, but if we give that positive behavior, that positive attention early on, and we start to recognize the behavior that was needed when the child started to first show signs, and we could address that the baby, oh, might need to start eating soon, then we can address those early on, and mom and baby are both comfortable, and the the, the attention is um, addressed, then everybody's much calmer, and the need is fed. Yeah, it's along every stage, right? And you know, you talked about being proactive and in the example of uh, our son that was throwing the ball or the baby that uh, is, is showing signs that they might be hungry and need to eat. Sometimes we can even get more intentional than that. And I think of as, as kids, especially get into the teenage years, you're going to start losing out on some of those signs. They're just going to go off and do their own thing. And you don't necessarily get them coming to you and say, hey, dad, will you throw a ball with me? Hey, dad, will you? whatever. And so one of the other examples is I was thinking of a time where I needed to change the oil in the car. And as I was getting ready to do that, I thought, well, hey, I've got this teenage daughter who is perfectly capable of turning a wrench and I'll grab her and we'll go together and do this. And we'll have I'll pour some positive attention into her attention bucket and build that up so that she doesn't then need to seek negative attention from anywhere else, whether she starts seeking negative attention from me or goes and starts seeking attention from other people in uh, her sphere of influence. So as we progress, we can get more and more proactive about making sure that we're pouring into that hunger for positive attention before they get so hungry that they act out and seek attention in other ways. So as we talk about these principles, and we talk about the, uh, some of the, the principles of parenting that, that we've learned the hard way, a lot of that is you know just this experience of learning it the hard way. A lot of it is looking to the Bible and God's Word. And we can see from the things that he gives us and the, the examples that he gives in terms of He wants the best for us and has given us an instruction manual for life. And related to pouring positive attention into your children, I think of Ephesians 6, 4, which says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And I just love that that word that the NIV uses here for exasperate. I think of the you know, the, the child that needs to eat so bad and they're just screaming, they're exasperated. Or the, the little kid that just needs attention from his mom or the teenager that just wants her dad to, to pour into her. And if not, if we don't train them up in the instruction of the Lord, they get exasperated. And that's the concept here that, uh, that we get from the Bible and that we get from our experience and and we're trying to pass on to you. 
So as we share with you the intentional positive behavior so that you can alleviate having to um, address negative behavior, we want to give you some takeaway for the application today. If you are a parent of smaller children, one of the things that you can do to be proactive in your positive behavior um, maybe is a, a task that you can do the next time you go to the grocery store. As you get ready to jump into the car or maybe before you leave the house, talk to your child about wanting them to help you and uh, give them the task of picking out the cereal or the crackers or both and tell them that you need their help and, uh, and, and giving them the task. Yeah, if they're engaged and know that they're part of the process and not just expected to sit quietly, it really prevents that, that kid that we've all seen in the grocery store, right, that's just throwing a tantrum in the checkout line because you're saying no one more time to the candy bar that's in the checkout line. Yeah, that's right. a great example we've all seen and, and a good application. So think about that next time you go to the store with your child. Yeah, because it gives them something to, to look forward to, and then when they get to that checkout line, they have that joy of putting the cereal or the crackers on the belt they're so focused on that that they don't actually care about the candy bars that will just rot their teeth anyways. But um, but something else that's a little more applicable for more ages, not just that younger stage, but also the preteen and teen things that we've done in our house that can be helpful is having a no cell um, or electronics at the table for meal times. Yeah, having family dinner together. Yeah, not just letting everybody go off in their own directions and, well, that one's doing homework or this one's watching a show or that one's, you know, tuned into Call of Duty or whatever. Get everybody together at one time if you can. I know a lot of families can't do that, but if it's possible to get together around the dinner table and then, yeah, make a make a rule. The fun part of that is the, the kids will enforce that rule on you too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then follow it for sure. <laughs> So some of the questions, you know, you got to replace some of that awkward silence then with uh, some conversation. And one of the things that's really worked well for us is, you know, especially when they were in their teen years, we'd ask the kids, how was school? And what did they say? In a blank look, like, fine. They just kind of have that droopiness. So rather than just getting a fine answer from them, uh, it's good to ask some open-ended questions. So they say that, you go, well, what was bad about it? And you'd be fascinated by the answers or ask them what was good about it. And then they've got to come up with some specific thing that uh, sparks some conversation and gets something going and, again, fills up that bucket of attention that they really need. I remember one night at dinner, um, Josh asked the kids uh, what was good about school today. And he'd mix it up on different nights and say what was bad about it, what was good about it tonight. And he asked what was good about school. And our daughter hit the table and she went, Dad, you were supposed to ask the other one. And uh, and it was just funny because she had it. But she said, I've been thinking all day long about how I wanted to answer that question. And um, so it was just kind of funny. But the kids start to, to think about how they might answer a question. And... Uh, and it was it was cute. It became funny. It became um, a way to engage. And you know, as we've said at the beginning of the podcast, we all of our kids are adults now. And um, and one of our kids 
has shared with us some of the responses that her children have at dinner, tie, dinner table conversations as well as, as they engage with their kids. And it's neat to see that come full circle. And so we really encourage you to, to take the time, even if that just means once or twice a week of that intentionality, um, because it really goes a long way of one, um, one conversation really can build to invest and to go deeper into your kids' lives. So our challenge to you this week, pick something this week to pour a little bit of positive attention into your kids and then see, do you notice a little bit of lashing out and and seeking negative attention and see how you can balance that and, and feed that attention before it becomes a need. So as we wrap up, um, we love getting feedback from our podcast. Uh, one of our listeners uh, gave us some feedback that they thought uh, the outro that we use when we both say our tagline together was a little corny, and I uh, thought that was good feedback. We, we kind of smile a little bit at that because we know you know, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. We, we like that corniness ourselves, but uh, hey, if it's over the top and uh, that's something you don't like, let us know. Let us know if you like that or don't like that. We'd like to get feedback from a lot of people on Little things like that, uh, the big concepts, whatever it is, you can contact us through a Facebook message at uh, Parenting CI on Facebook. It's also Parenting CI on Instagram. You can get us there. You can leave a comment on iHeartRadio. Um, whatever way that you want to get a hold of us, we should be able to. You should be able to find us. Uh, we have a, a webpage, ParentingCI.com. You can get us through there as well. But we really do want you to subscribe. We want to see those comments and be able to, to feedback. And we want you to share with a friend who might be able to benefit from this. If you know somebody that had that toddler throwing a fit in the grocery line, maybe you want to send them a link to this episode and say, hey, this might help you. So as we always say, it's not, not about, about having, having good kids. kids. It's It's about about equipping equipping them to to become become successful successful adults. adults.